0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Marvel Unagi with Ross. How are you doing, Ross?
1: I am good. What's up, Kyle?
0: Dude, this is a good week, man. I've been looking forward to this week for quite some time. I've rewatched Loki season one twice before season two came out. And I have to tell you, dude, I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on it.
1: Me too. And I rewatched Loki season one again for probably the 12th to 13th time. It's so good. I don't care what anybody thinks. I loved it. And I love it every time I watch it. And I always think when I'm done watching it, I don't know why. I know why it gets criticized, but I, but I, it's, it's just good. It's just fun. Like I I watch it. I I think it works. I love it. I I love it. And then I watched uh, episode one and then um, this week I'll be going to New York Comic-Con. So um, I'm excited to see if I run into anybody who listens to this or anybody who wants to chat with me and potentially like, talk this stuff comics and loki and uh I'm,
0: I'm super excited that'd be so much fun dude i need to get to a con one day in my life one day, dude you live where you live you could go to san diego i, know, I mean it's hard to get tickets but or you can go to like uh what's it WonderCon? i think WonderCon. WonderCon's right in my back door dude yeah, it's like 10 minutes yeah, away i mean come on man <laughs> i know dude ridiculous uh but i'd love to know what you thought about season season two episode one of loki
1: oh man it was wild first of all i love that they they had a little bit of the recap and then it starts off literally where season 1 ended where uh Mobius is calling for security and you're like uh-oh and Loki sees the Kang variant and then uh runs um you know again i think that's it's funny when i looked at at the thing when i looked at the statue and you could see that it looks more like a Kang style outfit not a He Who Remains outfit yeah, right. so with episode with this episode i was very con- not confused but i was kind of on the ball of, i didn't know if the way they're presenting it as there's been multiple iterations of the TVA kind of reminds me of a Matrix kind of field. Like they keep remaking it and they can almost go back and just re-grab these variants and bring them back in and start them with a brainwash from scratch. Like as if they can keep re- redoing it until it's made perfect, until it's made to where it is. And when he starts out in that pastime, perhaps they don't rebuild the TVA, they just prune off everybody and then re-get them from their lives and bring them back into the TVA. Um, maybe I'm thinking too much into this uh, because it's like, how don't they Never. remember each other? How don't, how don't, like, Mobius remember, like, that he met Loki in the past, like, even though it was hundreds of years? I mean, is it a uh, human brain has a finite amount of memory that you can't remember hundreds of years? But then, uh, But then
0: that's weird because when Loki goes back into time and starts messing around with OB... Well, OB is
1: also, so I don't know if you know, I mean, OB is, uh, I don't, I don't know much about him, but, uh, Aurora Boris is, um, like a, a God, a serpent God. It's that like the, the serpent that eats its own tail. So it's the circle of life. So it's basically like he's a circle. And I think in the comics, and I could be wrong, he was one of Loki's kids, but I don't know if that's going to actually be like part of this or it's just like a, you know, a thing. Um, but again, Ob could be something that is not a, uh, you know, he works with Miss Minutes. He might not be. He might be a, a an elder god, or he might be something that's not a human. Like he could be one of the people who helped build the the TVA. Like he said, he wrote the book. It's funny. Casey's holding at one point when he's when Loki's talking to Casey when like when he's in the the uh, present time, he's holding that orange book that Ob later says, and he's like, "Did you read my book?" <laughs> Right. He's like I wrote this book. I wrote this book. It's every schematic of everything here. So oh, he know that he throws behind his back and they catch. Yeah, and they logging. catch it. But Casey has one too. And I'm wondering, like, they all have this, but have they forgotten about it? Have have they not known? Um, I thought. The, I thought. I loved that that suit with that makeshift uh, kind of. Uh, oh you know, my like gosh, thing. dude! So I, I loved the episode. I loved it. I loved the jump, the jumping back and forth. I loved the jump to the future when at the end when you see Sylvie. Mm-hmm. And and you see her, but you see he get out of McDonald's. He, but he gets, but he gets. Pr- no, no. Sylvie's coming out of the elevator. That when that phone, when he's in the future, when he gets, when he does the the time skipping.
0: Oh right, yes.
1: And 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 the phone is ringing now. The, nobody picks up the phone. But why is that phone ringing? Is somebody trying to call him to warn him? Like, and then she appears out of the elevator, and the phone is still ringing, and he gets pruned from behind. Like, who is that pruning him from behind? That knew he was there. Like maybe. It's another version of him that has to go back to prune himself. Otherwise, the new him doesn't exist, you know, right. kind of like creating that loop. Yeah, I just think that would be kind of a uh, kind of cool. But um, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this goes. And uh, I was going to uh, I know I'm talking a lot, but I wanted to give you something else that I've been thinking of as I was rewatching season one and with some of the trailers for season two and with my. Limited knowledge of Victor Timely because, you know, he had minimal pages in the MCU, but the way it seems like they're presenting him since he's like in like that 1920 setting. I wonder if Victor Timely is the one who created the the foundation for the TVA like these other Kangs have all this power, but it seems like he created Miss Minutes. And they're using Miss Mint. They're like, oh, you created this. Like, we'll help you with this if you give us that. And that's why the uh, the decor is all set in like the 1920s. Like, if you look at everything, everything looks like it's old. Like oh, yeah. old-timey Art Deco, old-timey elevators. Um, you, you know, like the, the old-timey cartoon that you saw Miss Minutes in. It seems like it's all stuck in like that 30s mm. and 40s. Like, you know, like that 20s to 40s era where it was like, you know, kind of like vintage. But they have this technology because the other Kangs had this technology, but Victor Timely is the one who designed it to be this cathedral-like place.
0: It would make sense for somebody with the last name of Timely to create Miss Minutes, I'm just saying.
1: Well, Victor Timely was a a nod to Timely Comics. Yeah. That's the whole premise of where it came from. It was like back in the 90s when they wrote it into those two pages of that uh, annual, it was meant to be just an homage to that um and and they just said that he, you know because they were avengers were chasing down kang that he just you know went to his victor timely variant uh but yeah no i loved it i loved it i thought it was great it was a great first episode i i loved the introduction of ob oh my um, gosh! Oh, and, and those guys with all those with all the weapons i think that like honestly i i i feel like th- that woman who who seems like she she just wants to like she wants to get back to the way things were regardless of who it hurts I think she's going to bomb all the not bomb all the timelines. She's going to prune every timeline that's branching out like she doesn't care. Oh, she's yeah. just going to she's sending all of those people back with all of those charges. Loki might think he, she's going after Sylvie, but going after Sylvie isn't going to stop this branching at this point. I feel like she might send some people to try to follow her, but I, I also feel like she's trying to stop all this branching to kind of. Yeah,
0: you know. and it was I thought it was weird when they're in the that kind of conference room or the war room,
1: the war room. Yeah.
0: And she's whispering to that dude, and I think it was the the lady that was with Mobius, right? She's looking at them like, "What is going on?" Yeah. So, and when
1: he when he pruned the wall, oh my gosh! When when he he just when he does that, I'm like, I'm like, that's awesome. And you see, it looks like four kangs on the on the outsides because you could see the mask, and the one in the center looks like He Who Remains because you can see it was more of like a cloakish, um, outfit in, in the front. Yeah. And the voice, oh my God, when he re- when he re listened to that tape with Ravona Renslayer, you know, and like in the comics, R- Ravona Renslayer was his love interest. And I wonder because that's you know how many years ago, and it's it's from a, a bygone era where like nobody remembers that happening. If they had this relationship, they were going to do all this stuff, and she decided she didn't want to be part of it anymore, and he just wiped everyone out, and and had to restart everything. Or maybe she was in love with the original Kang. Maybe it was Kang. That's why the statue looks more like Kang. And he who remains came to save her and and redo this. Maybe that's like there was a TVA before the multiversal war. Like maybe Victor Timely started this and and the other guys said, wow, this is a great way to do things. And and I I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know where this is going.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. What do you think about um, Loki's kind of travel, like time slipping, I guess they called it. Yeah. I, I thought That's it was a, cool. Dude, it was so funny when he's doing it in front of Mobius and he's like trying to tell him like, it no, doesn't look gr- th- yeah, it no. doesn't look that bad. Dude, Owen Wilson, man. He's so good in that role. And uh, yeah, I, I I thought they cast
1: uh, Kihei Kwan too really well. So well. If I'm saying his name right, if I'm not, I apologize. But um, yeah, Mobius. I mean, uh, Owen Wilson's so funny.
0: Gosh, dude. <laughs> and then when they're sitting that scene when they're in the elevator and he does it. And he co- and and then there's that girl who's <laughs> yeah. in the elevator too. I did not see that coming. I about died, dude. He looks it looks pretty bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, of course it looks bad, but I'm not going to say it to you. It's yeah, like, yeah. Oh man, uh, what a no, good it, show. I don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know, dude. It's, I think it's my favorite. I love it. It's, it's
1: definitely my my favorite um, MCU show. I, yeah. uh, I know that it's not everybody's favorite. But it definitely has the most, it's separated just enough outside of like the the general context that I don't feel if I watch it, I can just watch it individually. Like, you know, there are some of these, um, some of the movies where I feel like once I've seen it, I've seen it. Like, I I don't, it's hard to rewatch movies like Shang-Chi. I really enjoyed because Shang-Chi felt separate. It didn't feel like it needed to be connected. It was his own origin story. And you don't really know where he is now because he hasn't come back. So, like, there's no, there's no, like, oh, this is where he is after that. So, like, going back and watching that. um, I felt the same way about Thor Ragnarok. I loved that because they're in, when they were in the, um, the, the other domain where they're fighting, uh, where Hulk was, I'm like, it felt like it was its own story. Like, it was just, like, it's, it's fun to watch. Uh, Plus, Mark, Mark Mothersbaugh makes awesome music. Oh, and I love the music in Loki, too. It's so perfect. The, The score, the original score for it, it is, it works so well for the, uh, the eerie nature of this show,
0: I think it's just like really well done as a TV show. I agree. Like where some of the other ones feel like you could tell they're very superheroy, which I love, obviously. But this one's so well constructed and has so many layers, and I don't know, dude, I love it.
1: I do too. I um the with the, with this though, uh, I also know um, Loki is one of my favorites. He's just he's become one of my favorite characters. When I was growing up, I was not a big loki person i wasn't a big thor person i I have some old journey into mystery comics but thor wasn't like my favorite superhero he was maybe in my top 10 if that as a kid because i knew who he was yeah but loki as a villain he he's just and you know like speaking of loki the the book the loki book that that we we both read i mean even in that it's not the same loki but i enjoyed it so much because it's because it's like He's such a deep he has such depth yeah. as a character that you're you're not in this one-sided minded. I love Modoc, but Modoc is literally a machine out there to kill you. That yeah. is what is it literally is in his name. Yeah. Uh, Loki seems like he's got more depth to him, that he wants to trick you. But he likes having fun and he kind of really doesn't want to be a bad guy. He just in, thinks it's fun to do these things. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't want to hijack your order here, but I would love to just jump into the Loki book really quick because it's a good kind of segue and ask you, did you love it when Bullseye was reading from the Book of Truth to Loki and it, Loki just did not care? <laughs> oh, like, my God. He's I like, was like, uh-huh. 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 Come on, can I get my book back, please? Yeah, but then I have a question at the end when he starts asking him about—I don't know how to say the name of the ship that he made.
1: Oh, like Neg- Negligier, Neglafir, yeah,
0: something like that. Do you think that it was really getting to him? Because at the end, he was talking. He's like, "I know why I made you." Are you talking about why lo- why Loki was getting frustrated? No. So when Bullseye at the very end, he's like, "I'm going to go even deeper." And oh, then, right, right,
1: right, because he's trying to get to Loki so that he can. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and because for a while nothing he was reading from that book. Which when he reads from that book, to Except anybody Bullseye.
1: else, right? It's, it it's, like
0: hijacks you because it's yep. like the book of truth that tells you all your dark secrets. All, but, but
1: it, like Bolts, I had no no secrets. He's like, I'm I'm an open book. I'm here. This is me. Yeah.
0: And so when he's reading it to Loki, he's really surprised because at first it's Loki. Just, it's not doing anything to Loki, but then at the very end, towards the end of the issue, who he's does he- like, what does he read at the end? I can't remember what the story... He's trying to tell him why he created that ship. And he's trying to... He, and he's saying, like... Um, and for a second, it looks like Loki... His He gets really mad. Like, he wants him to stop. And he, and then Bullseye's like, it won, didn't it? The book won. You, like, you got frustrated. But then, flash forward to when Loki's home, and he's putting it in that little bottle, and he's, like, talking to it, and he says something like... I know why I made you. Like, it's not a surprise. Like, I wasn't surprised by that. So I was curious if you thought the book really won there for a second on Loki or not.
1: Yeah, no, I don't know. I didn't, I can Sometimes I don't look as deep into things as I should. I, I kind of just took it as he was just getting really frustrated with Bullseye and he just kept going at it and going at it. And um he just wanted his ship back. Like, it, it yeah, was just yeah. like his ship meant more to him. I feel like Loki in this story has shown that when he cares about something, he'll do anything to get it back. Yeah. And like, that's the deeper part of Loki. Like Loki, Loki doesn't mind putting other people through pain to get what he wants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he wanted his ship back. And I think that when bullseye was kind of irking him on, he was just like, that's it. I'm a God. You're a man. I'm taking this. I'm doing this. I'm getting it back. And then he converts it into that little piece of it.
0: Yeah, because, um, like, right here, when he's like, I know why you built the Nagelfar. <laughs> like, his eyes, like, he looks like, oh, no, you do? Right. So, I was just curious. I thought it was so good. I, I really do so love good. Loki, too, man. And but I and think it, it all stems from the show. I think that his MCU presence
1: was really good OK, so originally in the Avengers, uh, forgetting Avengers, Thor, like all the Thor movies and a lot of people complain about the maybe not the original Thor, but people complain about the dark world. I loved Loki's character in the dark world. And in Ragnarok, I loved that he was like he became more like this jovial, like trickster, like he wasn't as ruthless as he was in the Avengers, as he wasn't the original Thor, as he was in the dark world. I felt like he, he grew as a character. One of the big complaints I find that some people have with Loki with the show is that everyone assumes that like he's how he was after Ragnarok where him and Thor were like together. And in the show, he all of a sudden kind of just becomes the Loki that we know now. And 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 he goes right from the Avengers Loki to that. I don't, I don't know if they kind of don't explain it, but in the show at one point, in season one, he does mention, and I know we're I'm flipping back and forth, but in season one, he does mention, I don't know how long I've been here. He goes, uh, days, months, whatever. So realistically, maybe he has been there and maybe as it's gone on through that, maybe he is there longer. He's watching those videos again and we don't see it. Maybe it's behind the scenes stuff. I mean, we don't need to watch him. And it say like three years later.
0: Right. Yeah, and it's yeah. just
1: like, you know, like, okay, now he's back to where, you know, but I felt like that was one of the big knocks where they kind of just... Developed him quickly back to who he was, but we also don't know how long he was in the TVA. We kind of just assume it was like a day, a day, a day, a day. Mm-mm. Um, like you know when he was trying to find Sylvie and found her in the dark, uh, in the uh, uh, living in the destruction things. But as far as like the show, it did get me to want to read Loki as a character in the book. That's one of the reasons yes. I picked this up. But Loki, I don't remember the last time Loki has had a solo series. So if Loki had had a series in the past, maybe two, three, four years ago, maybe I would have read it because I've always liked Loki. I just, it, it doesn't seem, if somebody knows, if somebody out there can tell me of a, of a Loki individual series, message me, please, because I don't remember the last time Loki had a short arc that wasn't part of a Thor run, wasn't part of an Avengers run, where it was just like Loki the way that this was, because I think that yeah. this was really good and uh, showcased him as a character really well. Uh, I, I would love to read more, but I just don't know uh you know going back in the past 10 years maybe maybe there's something old from the 80s or or the 90s that i'm missing
0: i loved it dude yeah me too both loki's knocking it out of the park
1: oh yeah no well well done i um i can't wait for more i really by the time we were filming this next by the time we're recording this next one we will probably be like four episodes in How many do you know how many it's supposed to be? I think it's going to be six like the first one. Okay, okay. I can't imagine them doing less. That would be worse. I can't imagine them doing more because I feel like it would be ending up being too many. I feel like it's just going to be six. Six was good. We'll get through six.
0: Um, I wonder if we should record like a, 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 a what would you call it? Like a mid month sort of bonus, a very short. We could hop on and talk about the finale of Loki in time.
1: You're talking about that would be in a month and a
0: half. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We could do that. I mean, depends on when it ends. If if it ends and it was like we're going to record that next week, yeah. then we can just yeah do that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely want to go the, with that. Um, I know I know we're like jumping all over the place, but I also really wanted to. Um, it's Halloween. It's not Halloween, but it's Halloween month. Yeah. Uh, have you, did you hear the thing with the Werewolf by Night? Well, not Werewolf. I did. With, with with like they're colorizing
0: it. Yeah. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that? Because I have my own thoughts with it. I'm probably different here. I find myself to be out of the mainstream of comic book fans who can really get into black and white comics and all that stuff. I'm a sucker for color. I love color, so I'm kind of excited for it. Um, like Ray, he was reading the the Batman Gargoyle of the City. He got the noir edition. I, I It's not even an option for me. I tried reading Savage Dragon one time in the archive edition. It was black and white. I couldn't even finish one issue. I don't know. I love color.
1: I'll tell you, there's two things. So thing one, I like color. I'm not denying color. But one of my favorite movies that I watched as a kid was Pleasantville. If you remember Pleasantville, they introduced color as as things weren't as pleasant. It kind of gave you a reality check. And in Werewolf by Night, I think if it's all in color... It takes away from how it ends with the somewhere over the rainbow Wizard of Oz feel where they do colorize it at the very end as kind of like, OK, we're, we're now entering a new world like that. That was that to me was such a huge part of the end of that episode of the end of that the, the, the special special presentation that with that, I don't know if it's just colorized oh uh, how is, that, is it is it going to end the same way with, with somewhere over the rainbow or are they going to add a different song because like it doesn't hit the same like you, everybody knows somewhere over the rainbow from wizard of oz yeah and i agree with you wholeheartedly with comics with colorization in instances because we we read uh uh the jeff lemire book uh what was it? Little Monsters, Little Monsters, which had a little bit of color. And I'm reading Sirens uh, in the City, and I love that book. And again, it's minimal colors with with lots of splashes here and there. And I know these aren't Marvel books, but, you know, there are books that I I can deal with minimal color, color just for that. I'm not a huge just black and white, but I felt like the noir feel of this because it's Halloween and it's not a Christmas story. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean like the darkness yeah. the, the ability to, to add to those dark gray tones uh, made me want to watch it but I'm going to watch it again because it's it's spooky spooky month
0: yeah I hear you and I definitely uh, you're making a lot of sense there and I'm going to watch the colorized version
1: so don't get me wrong
0: <laughs> yeah but I don't know what it is I don't know if it's like a I find it more as like um, uh, a defect in me than other people so
1: well let me let me switch gears to something that is less monstery and more fun which is the marvel unleashed book oh my god you you told me how much you liked it last podcast you were you you read issue one and you're like oh dude you got to pick it up and i said i had it i had it with the miss minutes cover but i just hadn't gotten around to reading it i wasn't sure if i was going to have time i loved it and i read issue two and issue two was awesome i thought it was even better i love i love how this is going. And, uh, uh, the animals, uh, they, it's like woof, woof, woof. And oh my then, like Craven's like, what, what, are, what are these animals saying to me?
0: Yeah, dude, I loved it so much. Kyle Starks is rad. I, yeah. I think this has been great. I'm glad you read it. Um, what do you think about D dog?
1: Oh God. D dog is so funny. I, I love, uh, he, he just thinks he's like, I got this. I got this. And then when he did that, uh, the howl at the end of issue two, uh to to alert the ghost dog from the sanctum sanctum i love it I, I like that they're really incorporating all the pets that it's not just like okay we're gonna focus on this and this um like lockjaw i love the inhumans fantastic four yes. lockjaw is one of my favorite uh animals in the uh, mcu as a whole and i absolutely love that they brought back blackheart blackheart is so underused as a villain. I remember when I heard that they were going to introduce the, well the potential was to introduce Blackheart and maybe Multiverse of Madness in the movie uh but he is so underused as I think one of the sons of Mephisto if I'm not mistaken and uh you go back and and he's just a a unique villain that I felt was underused and really really like demonic and I I just want to see Where they take it with him, and maybe he becomes a new villain that people are reintroduced to. Because I, I, you know, God, how many comics has he been in? Like since the nineties when he was introduced.
0: I'm glad you're liking it, man.
1: Yeah, and and at the end of two, spoiler alert, uh, where they all get sucked into his realm. Oh, and and this all started because that dog was like, "I need to find my owner," and his owner Uh, was the aim, the aim employee, and now they're like traveling to these other worlds. And
0: did you love the? The origin story for D. Dog,
1: yeah, that was awesome. Where
0: his layers underneath the bridge, yeah, dude, so good, so well written.
1: Yeah, it's cool, and I, I like that it, it's not, um it's not so wordy that it's like, oh, I feel like I'm reading it forever. But it's also got enough words that I feel like it's not uh, too simplistic. Yeah, it's like it's a perfectly paced book. Yeah, it's more adult than you would expect it to be, right? Oh, 100 percent. You know, what's funny is I read this and I read um, the Strange Academy, uh, like the the three arc series that's been happening. And Strange Academy still seems to me just like the new Miss Marvel book. They're very like pre-teeny-teeny, which is fine because I get you trying to fit a certain audience and I read them because I still like that. I still like the characters and I like the writing, but this felt a little more adult than those almost like they they understand that they're trying to get that i'm going to say late 20s to late 30s yeah. audience they're not they're not getting the 50s and 60 year old people who are like i don't like these marvel pets no they're getting the people in the generation between let's say 25 and 45 who want to read a different book that's not just so the same superheroes yes and like I said, introducing Blackheart, bring him back a 90s villain. Like, that's the jam. Like, you bring back that that's villain. That's the yeah, Right. You bring back that villain that, that everyone basically forgets.
0: Yep. I love it, dude.
1: Yeah, man. So um, what else we got? We got another book that I think we both absolutely loved. I think you know what I'm talking about. Is it Avengers? Oh, it's Avengers.
0: Dude, it's just (laughs) knocking it
1: out. I really hope Jed McKay is at Comic-Con again this year because when I met him last year, I thanked him for how well he wrote Moon Knight. And I got him to sign, I got him to sign a Moon Knight book for me. And, uh, I almost feel like I got to pick one of these Avengers books and bring it down. I don't even need a CGC; it. I just want another signature of a Jed McKay on a Jed McKay book. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he's there again, I really, really hope to run into him and give him props for writing this amazing story so far.
0: I think it's uh, like the whole ship. What's it called again? The name of the ship? Oh, God.
1: Um, uh, let me let me look. I got the book in front of me, like not Netherworld. No, it's not the Netherworld. Oh, the Impossible City. Impossible City. That's what it is. I don't know why I keep forgetting it. I shouldn't. That's not like it's not like the Naggel for shift.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. You remember that one though. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Captain America and Black Panther's conversation with it was was so well done in this. What'd you think of that?
1: I thought it was interesting that that they went that route and I'm I'm happy they did because it gives the book so much more depth that it's not just these I don't know, five or six huge, super godlike villains that are just driving around destroying worlds, they hijack this ship. And they have basically said to this ship, you're going to take us to worlds and we're going to do what we want, destroy them, enslave them, whatever we want to do, we're going to do. And you find out that the ship itself is being held as a slave, it's captive. And the ship wants to destroy itself. And that, that, like you said, that conversation between Black Panther, Captain America and the impossible city is basically like, don't destroy yourself. We will fix you. We want to help you. We're the Avengers. We do this. We make things better. And the impossible city is like, I don't think there's anything you can do. If I destroy myself, they have no way off this world. Yes, your world will be destroyed, but I will save millions and millions of other worlds from being destroyed uh, because of this. And wow. uh, I just thought it was a really, really interesting uh Way to go! I I really liked it. Um, at the end, I really liked how they were all kind of all everybody except for Captain America and Black Panther were all like, no, no, no! Like we're all like, you know, when when somebody says like you can't do something, we say no. Like we can yeah. have, we can do this. Like we like they're all they're all in it. They're all ready to, to fight. And uh, I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing. I don't remember if this is like. Going to be like ongoing for you know 50 issues, or if this is one of those short Avengers runs, I think it probably is going to be ongoing, is my assumption. And I assume this arc will probably have to end soon. Yeah. So I wonder if issue six or seven is going to kind of wrap up this impossible city, and then you'll develop more of the characters and what where their next you know adventure is going to be and see, see where it goes.
0: I thought Vision and uh his nemesis that he's fighting here was a wild interaction, but the one I loved the most was Captain Marvel trying to take out that dude who literally she can't do anything to. Yes. And uh my
1: gosh, like and he's just that that villain is the one who's just like, nothing affects me. Everything yep. bores me. I just, you know, I've <laughs> it's almost like he's looking to die and he doesn't and, but he, he can't. Yeah. He just lives on in boredom forever. And it's just like whatever just get rid of these people they're they're, they're inconsequential to the to the, the you know the story of life you know i will live to from the beginning to the end so it was it was definitely like i, I don't know and i don't know i'm i'm assuming all these these uh, villains are new i don't know if any of them have been introduced if anybody knows anything like eh, anybody listening and you want to tell me if there's any other history for these villains or where they came from especially that guy that was fighting with captain marvel because i want to know is there an origin story for him or it or they that that stems this boredom or hatred? Yeah. The other ones seem like they want to enslave or destroy. He just they just it just seems like it's its own entity.
0: Yeah. Ah, it's one of my favorites, dude.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Yeah. Well, now we've wrapped up that I, we got to we got we to gotta get on to uh, a, a book that we both, I think, got a little confused with.
0: I think I, a lot more than you. <laughs> no,
1: I, I got, okay, I got to give props to my uh, local shop, Androids Amazing Comics, and James, who works there, because he helped explain a lot to me. We're talking about Ultimate Invasion and the new Ultimate Universe that's being created by Jonathan Hickman. After reading issue one, I loved it. I thought that the book was, was written so well. I liked the story. I liked where it was going. They had Miles Morales. After issue one, it seemed like the whole story was completely different. Like it just went in a whole other direction. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, when I was talking to James at the shop, he had mentioned that initially he think uh, again, and I, I don't want to misquote anybody, but I will say what I think uh, that he, he said that Donny Cates was initially supposed to be writing this ultimate universe, but Donny Cates had some personal issues and was taken off of the project. And Jonathan Hickman was offered it and Hickman had to write, the remaining issues of this and donny cates had only had the story or written or how far along he had issue one maybe he just wrote it out and it was drawn and and, and uh maybe he just had it as a sketch or whatever it was but hickman had to write issues two three and four and now create this new ultimate universe that's going to be happening going forward so that's why i kind of felt like it was disjointed between that and that knowing that If I just look at issues two, three, and four, I kind of feel like at least two, three, and four had some function of similarity. And we talked about this last month. I said, I wasn't sure if this was just going to be four arc miniseries and that's it. But now that I know in the the centerfold of basically every Marvel book I'm reading now, it says the ultimate universe comes in November. So I'm excited to see where it goes because at the end of this book of Invasion 4, where it turns out that the, the doom-masked uh, Reed Richards is sending Kang, a.k.a. Iron Lad, a.k.a. it's like, you know, it's like the whole Tony Stark is Kang and, and Iron Lad, and he's sending him, you know, it, it's like this whole loop. Um, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where this universe goes. I'm not sure how much I'm going to love it. I'm not sure how many different uh, spinoffs are going to be part of it, but I will definitely give each spinoff at least a one-issue shot. To kind of see if maybe I like one of the spinoffs better than another. And if it's just a, you know, Ultimate Universe comes in, it's just Ultimate Universe and, you know, uh, as an ongoing, I could pick up maybe first two, three issues and see how it is. If it's too much, maybe I, I don't read it. Uh, I know Hickman's working on his own book, Gods, which I started reading today. I read half of it, which I absolutely Loved the first half of it, um, very wordy, very Hickman. Uh, but I love how it's developing. Uh, I'll l- let you guys know next month how that resolves itself with issue one, and maybe two. But um, Ultimate Invasion, I thought was it was good. I like the artwork. Uh, I just, I just really want to see as it as it world built. Really, really like a huge world that kind of to me almost seemed like too complex in four issues. I want to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know I don't know what your thought on that is, and if you're going to be picking it up in the future, or if you're just going to like, you know, you'll 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 get your uh your your feed through me.
0: I'm going to get. I think I'll wait to see <laughs> how how it is from you. Um, I mean, you could always pick it up on Marvel Unlimited.
1: I'm sure that's what they're going to yeah. do. I'm sure eventually it will go that route. So if you have to catch up, if I tell you it's it's really really good, yeah, um, that's what I'll do. Yeah, I think we could go that route.
0: Can you? Sum up what the heck happened in Ultimate Invasion. Like, uh, c- could you give me like, explain it to me like I'm Michael Scott and I'm five years old. Uh, explain it like I'm three like, years old. Like, like, yeah, yeah, like the, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I, so I even had time, I I even had trouble comprehending everything that was actually happening. And that's why when I was talking to uh, uh, James and a couple other guys at the shop, my understanding is the maker tried to create a perfect universe. Uh, He wiped out in the first issue, you know, all these other superheroes, uh, initial stories, so that some of these superheroes that would stop him from creating this ultimate universe, this new universe. Uh, So he wipes them out and now he's able to create this universe. The reality is, is that he traps Reed Reed Richards in the Doom mask and has him help him create this machine that can basically travel through time. And he travels through time and brings back Kang, a.k.a. Tony Stark, to help him build this machine to then destroy the maker or basically keep the maker in this, like, bubble that, like, he can't escape. For two
0: years or something,
1: right? Whatever amount of years. so he can't get out of that. Mm. And the reality is, is that then he takes Tony Stark and creates the costume that becomes Iron Light. Like, it was a whole thing, like, where... He gets the guy from the future. It almost feels like the way like I hate to say this, but the way like Loki, like I said, where you have to go back to the future to go to the past. Like you have to Mm -hmm. stop this from happening, but you can't stop that from in Doctor Who. They do this a lot where it's like the time loops where, where they say you can't run into yourself. But what you did in the past, because your future, you went back to the past that affected the past you and the past you now can go to the future. So like it almost creates like a circle but who created who from first it's the chicken and the egg like, like uh, that's kind of i mean as simple as i can think of it i mean maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm way off base but to me that's that's the way the story was it kind of seems like tony stark is kang now in this in this universe but kang was created by the maker but the or by the but the maker i mean and again like <laughs> it's hard to know like i i th- and i said this to james at the shop i'm like i think that I thought that the maker was Reed Richards, like a Reed Richards of the future. And like Reed Richards came back and captures himself and, and makes himself build the machine that he knew how to build because he he has it in the future. Mm-hmm. And like he's in the doom mask. But there's another version of him that's been traveling through time because he has that machine. Does any of this make sense? It does. <laughs> I think I'll have
0: to ruminate and listen back.
1: And and again, uh, it. it if anybody wants to jump onto uh, the Comic Book layer Discord and tell us what or, yes. or message me, Red Optical Corp, or message Kyle at the Comic Book layer, please tell me something that I am missing or that I am wrong with. I am happy to be told I'm wrong if you can help me understand things better.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Well,
1: after all of that. Um, Thank you, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, No, Yeah, listen, um, after all that, I want to jump into something that I think is a little bit more lighthearted, and that was Strange Academy. Um, there was there was three Strange Academies. There was a Strange Academy, Miles Morales, a Strange Academy, Moon Knight, and a Strange Academy, Spider-Man. Now, basically, what's happened in this story, which I think has been so fun as a preteen teenage kind of comic book which strange academy was awesome i loved uh scotty young and Roberto ramos i love their stuff that was it was awesome this spinoff has been fun um uh, obviously the art's a little bit different and the writing's a little bit different but still in the same kind of style where it's a quick easy read where you get a lot out of it but you don't have to feel like you're sitting there for 45 minutes trying to decipher what in the world happened um there was this Olympics that a couple of the strange academy students went to they meet miles morales there the guy who's running this thing is this villain you find out and he creates this um this new kind of magic called enchantematics, which is basically it uses math to do magic and they're like He's able to use math, and it's stronger than magic. And he wants to destroy all magic. But after the throughout the three books, you know, you get to see these other superheroes and, and stuff. And he has to fight Moon Knight and take uh, uh, the Eye of Horus and uh, something else. And and he's possessing the you know Doyle Dormammu, and I can't remember who else he possesses. But one of the girls from things. And to try to destroy all magic and knows that if destroying all magic because Enchantomatics has some magic in it, he'll destroy himself. And he thinks he's then going to become a martyr, similar to like a Thanos type of martyr where he's doing this. And if he dies, he dies. But he's trying to rebalance the world to eliminate magic. He thinks people with magic have too much power. Um, obviously, he doesn't win. Obviously, they the Strange Academy, like you know, they they figure it out, and obviously at the end, Spider Man figures out that it, you know it's math. Math is not, is not magic. Like that's where this comes. It's like, you have to use magic with math to make this work. Math is just a way like the formulas and, and it teaches you like you, you need math to solve problems, but math is not like a, a magical right, thing. Right, right. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and, uh, here's the kicker at the end, big, big spoiler for anybody who doesn't know, or if you actually are reading, um, at the end of the book, Dr. Strange returns. He's not dead mm. anymore. So like two years ago, death of Dr. Strange, he uh. dies. All of a sudden, he's back. And I haven't been up with the new Dr. Strange run, so I don't know if Klee went back in time and, and like got him. But all of a sudden, it's like, Dr. Strange is, is back when they're trying to fight uh, or, or destroy the, uh, the villain. And as they're trying to destroy him, it's like, may i be of assistance it's like it's dr strange oh it's dr strange and they're all like you're alive and then they're like we thought you were gone forever so i wonder if now they're going to redo or have a second season of strange academy with dr strange back i would love to see scotty young come back on board with with they did after finals do a new class create a whole new set of characters strange academies you know you know a new year
0: Yeah. So is this a one shot or is it was three, one shots, three, one shots. And you want to know what? I
1: didn't know that they were all going to be connected when I did it. I just love Strange Academy. I just I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot because it's Strange Academy. The first one was Strange Academy, Miles Morales. The next one was Strange Academy, Moon Knight. And then this one actually says Strange Academy, The Amazing Spider-Man. But on the top, it actually says solve for X part three of three. I don't remember if the other one said one of three, two of three. So the fact that this one says three of three kind of like, maybe they want people to understand like, this is it. Like there was only three and they all did connect to each other. So it wasn't like a individual story thing where you're kind of just getting like, you know, this is a one shot. You can read it. You could be done. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I thought it was good. A couple other things that I read this week. That were really good. I read The Contest of Chaos, The Avengers. That was the last book of The Contest of Chaos, which I think was eight eight books. And one of the things about it that would have been really cool is watching the superheroes fight each other. So if you haven't read Contest of Chaos yet, go pick up. If you don't, if you have Marvel Limited or if your LCS still has any of these issues, go pick them up. You could pick up anything from three on, four on, five on, it doesn't really matter if you didn't read the first one. You kind of understand it. It's really, I'm not going to say well-written, but the ending of each of them kind of explains where they're at. Um, Basically, uh, Agatha Harkness is trying to recreate the Darkhold and she's uh, sort of enchanting these superheroes to believe, like putting an enchantment around them in the in the real world, but they believe they're in this other world and creates their uh, them to have animosity with each other. Like some of them are actually friends. Like you find out like the, the last issue was, or the second to last issue had Captain Marvel fighting Cyclops. And it was like, we're friends. Why are we fighting? And they, they can't kind of figure it out. And she's using dark magic to kind of control them to see who would be a better uh, affiliate on her team as she creates the Dark Hole. So she's enchanting, and uh, it goes through, and there was a Fantastic Four one, there was an Avengers one, there was, a, you know, this Cap- the Captain Marvel. Uh, Cyclops one was an X-Men one. There, uh, you know, uh, like, Ghost Rider fights Human Torch in one. Cyclops versus Captain Marvel in one. But in the Avengers one, it's kind of, they're now figuring out what's going on, and they have to go fight, agatha and they try to figure out where she is she's hiding in a bermuda triangle Ooh. nobody wants to go there so she's she's hiding out in the bermuda triangle uh basically she's created uh waves like uh like moses parting the sea and she's standing like at the depths of the ocean like on this like land where she's able to like part the waves all around her and uh and uh she's reading and and creating this dark hold and what ends up happening at the end. If you don't mind me giving it away or spoiler alert, they destroy the dark hold. They destroy Agatha. uh, Basically nobody knows where she is. They, they, they get everything to be reversed back. um, They get everything to be reversed back into like the Bermuda triangle, like everything that was lost. Like there's all these pirate ships that are now like, Storms on it because there was a storm issue where Storm fought somebody and then the like I said there was a Human Torch and then there was you know Cyclops and they're now possessed so they're fighting the Avengers who are the Avengers that actually we are reading. So the oh, Avengers. Really? The Ge- so it's like it's uh it's an Iron Man, it's a Captain America, it's Scarlet Witch, it's um. Now I don't know if it's the that like if they're gonna really use this as a cross to the universes, but they are in there and then at the end Spider Man, Klee and um. Jessica uh, Jessica Jones come to help and Klee does this like whatever and and you know they, they destroy the, the things and the ships all go back into the Bermuda Triangle where they're lost forever. And you kind of don't know where Agatha went and Agatha kind of is just like she's gone. the dark hold is destroyed. Um, they have the Scarlet Witch has the Dark hold now and she sees it's empty. so she didn't get to rewrite the Dark hold. It's just an empty book. But she's like wondering, where did all the magic go that was inside of this? Right. Mm. She didn't destroy it. She took it and wondered where all the magic went. And then you all of a sudden you see uh, Agatha washed up on shore. And all of a sudden there's this boy. And she's like, who, who are you? Like, where did you come from? And he's like, I'm your greatest success. And he goes, I am the Darkhold.
0: Oh, my gosh!
1: And then it says the end with a question mark. And it's like, are they going to create an Agatha thing where now she has a son? basically and he is like a, a, a humanized version of the dark hold dude that'd be wild and again like dark magic wild the way like wandavision went and uh, i wonder if they would do something like that where it's like she's trying to raise him is she is she trying to you know take over the world with him like what is going to happen with that and i don't know um i don't know what they're going to do with it i don't know if there's any pre-production or uh anything else happening with it but i thought that was really wild yeah, that was really really crazy. I I got into a couple other books. We don't have to get really crazy into them. Um, just kind of wrap things up a little bit here.
0: I do want to talk to you about Captain America before. We-
1: oh yeah yeah. Or I forgot about that. Yeah, we can definitely talk about Captain America. So tell me your thoughts on the new Captain America because I I read it and I I actually recommended it to you because I thought that it was just a unique take yeah. on Captain America compared to what we're used to. And J. Michael um, Straczynski is just a, a good writer. He's also writing The Madness by AWA, and I'm really enjoying that too. So I figured I'd give him a shot as as a, a a great writer.
0: Dude, I liked it. I thought that seeing Captain America in like a different lens where, I think the way you had put it to me, was like slice of life. You've got him buying an apartment building before it goes up and all the tenants are kicked out. Um, I really like seeing that part of him, the flashbacks of, of him Before he became Captain America were great, but there were like three stories almost in here because you've got the slice of life stuff. Then all of a sudden he's fighting with Fantastic Four. Then you've got a story about a guy, a billionaire looking for a God, the God of death. I think it was right. So that's where it got kind of. So I
1: liked the story the beginning him trying to save the apartment building you find out the history of the apartment building that is him and his mom lived there and his mom died and they let him stay there because he was like kind of like the did they not let him stay there no he couldn't aff- i don't remember if he couldn't afford they kicked him out of his apartment but he was able to stay there and now that was the apartment that he had before he got his captain america powers yeah. back, back like pre pre-war so this is like you know him trying to give back to the community. He calls up his buddy, Yo Tony, beep beep. beep. You uh, lend me a billion dollars, I can buy this, buy this building. He's like, Sure. You never collected a paycheck while you were with the Avengers. Why not? Tell yeah. me whatever you want. I'll write it over to you. And I felt that the the parts where he went to the Fantastic Four, it's like kind of like you're going to your job, but nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear about your job. Right. Like, when I go to work, nobody wants to hear me talk about how I make glasses. <laughs> yeah. This is not interesting. So it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go fight with the Fantastic Four. I'm Captain America. Of course, I got a job to do. Let's go, you know, kick some butt and then and, and we're we're, we're going to fight. And, but I got to get back. The, the air conditioning needs work. The furnaces need to be changed. So it's almost like that part to me didn't I didn't mind it as much because I kind of read it in a very fast paced kind of way as if it was like a montage of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fighting. We're fighting. We win. OK, back to work. Yeah. yeah. And like his job, even though that that technically saving the world is more important to the world this job of being at this apartment building for these people was more what he, more important to him yeah like it felt like that slice of life where, where you know you take your family for granted but your family is more important than you you could go out and you could do so many things for so many other people but when you come home it's family first yeah. and i feel like this building and the people in it are his family as far as the ending goes, that's where I kind of got a little bit like, I don't know what's gonna happen here with mm-hmm. that guy where they're in this other thing. And 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 it was just I don't know. I don't know. I'll read issue two because I was I kind of liked it. It was a slice of life story and, and, and the fighting back and forth. I don't know if this is gonna be a new villain. I don't know if it's a old villain. Like I said, again, anybody who knows, you know more than me, you tell me, you let me know because um kind of not sure but i did really like the writing um the art was okay it, it was you know it was um not my favorite artwork but not my I'm not, i you know i didn't hate it I, I enjoyed just it it was it was there it was good um I, I just want to see where it goes. I, I really enjoyed that. It was a different perspective from Captain America when I've read Captain America books, because I've read solo books of his in the past from like the late 90s and early 2000s. And it's been a lot of like fighting and stuff and and the wartime stuff and the things like that. And this just felt different because, you know, yeah. you don't usually see this side of Captain America. You don't usually see what he does when he's not fighting.
0: Yeah, I liked it. um I hope he doesn't eat the Nazi sandwich at the end. Oh, God. No. I hope he throws it away.
1: Uh, pff, uh, mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. Yeah, no, that
0: was a that was a
1: very um a very interesting you know uh, way to end the book. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, it's hard as a Jewish person. Uh, I mean, like I I see all these these uh, things that are happening now and, and all this stuff, and it's kind of like I I I want it to be out there. I want people to see that this is what the world was like, mm-hmm. and that there still is some anti-Semitic hate out there and it's got to be addressed. But if nobody ever talks about it, then how is it going to ever get addressed? Right. So as long as it's done in the tasteful way of of explaining it to uh, a new audience, uh, younger generation that, that might never hear the full stories because they don't have the original storytellers to tell
0: them. Mm-hmm. Right. What story were we reading where at the end they're trying to defrost Captain America? Was that Ultimate Invasion? oh god i don't remember was that was that ultimate invasion it's like that the very end no that was um yeah that was ultimate invasion iron lad is taking
1: right right right, right. yeah that was the end of that was when iron La- yep yep yeah anyway sorry yeah. no we're, we're all off of that um did you get a chance to read adventures In- avengers inc I didn't,
0: but I want to know about
1: it. Oh, man. So one of the crazy things about it was when I when I initially saw it, and I know I, I said we'd try to wrap things up, but that's okay. I'll, I'll talk about this now. Um, Avengers, Inc. was cool. I thought it was going to be like Detective Avengers. Uh, I thought it was going to be like this, this noir story. It absolutely is a noir story, but the problem is, I didn't know that it was going to be a Janet Van Dyne story. So Monk over at the Pullbox Pals, he really liked Wasp that the it, that like one shot Wasp story. I read the Ant Man one, but I did not read, um, I did not read the uh the like that four or five arc uh, Wasp series. And in this, Janet Van Dyne has come to a prison. Uh, One of the people she sent to the prison, it's the raft. So if you watch the MCU, you know the raft is that prison, that island prison. So she goes there to find like one of the guys that she sent there is dead. And then she sees that it's not just one of the guys, it's like five different villains have been killed, shot right through the head and they're 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 you know not sure who's killing them like how could this how could this have happened like why are these villains like they're in prison who's killing them like did somebody feel like they deserve to die like they didn't deserve to go to prison and she she's running into uh mayor luke cage luke cage is still the mayor like again this kind of is in context with what the what the um, marvel universe is where luke cage was mayor if you remember devil's reign like luke cage is still like there and she's trying to figure out like what can she do and and he she basically was hired as a detective because the police can't try to solve these crimes and they don't want to just go to like every superhero so they kind of feel like she can live on that blurred line between you know private detective and cop and not really feel like it's um not really feel like she she's working for the law but not really that she's a vigilante You know, and uh, and she can get in and out of things. Obviously, she's the wasp, so she can shrink down and she can do all this stuff. But she's trying to figure out what in the world is happening and all these people. How did they all just die? Then all of a sudden, they're all they all come back to life. Hmm. They all come back to life. And it's just bizarre. But one of them comes back to life and his head. Now, here's the thing. I don't remember if this one was in. See, here's my problem. I didn't read the wasp. So, I don't know if this was a villain in the Wasp series, but the villain in this world, Whirlwind, I think was his name. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But, um, is that who it was? I can't remember. Whirlwind. Anyway, he gets up and he stands there and he's got the light on his head that looks like the vision, like the vision's oh. emblem. And he stands up and he goes, you know, like, it, it's like he, he all of a sudden he's helping the wasp and he doesn't remember, like almost like as if him getting shot in the head, restarted his programming. And then by the end, he goes by an alias that is, I can't remember what the alias is, but it's an alias for the vision like that. Mm. He's gone by before. And Janet Van Dyne knows like, that's, that's a vision alias. Like he's this, this thing. So on the cover, you see how it looks like the vision? Yeah. Like if you look at your cover, like you see how how with the, with the spot on its head, it's basically like the vision but but like he looks more human. He does. And that's what it is. It's like I, I and that's basically how it ends. It ends with her and this like, you know, pseudo vision uh together like now they have to figure out who is going into these um who's going into the the uh whatchamacall who's going into the 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 prison and 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 killing all these people or trying to kill or trying to do whatever they're doing. I won't give you any more spoilers because after that part there is a like epilogue that gives away a little bit of who did it oh okay so i won't give that away i'll let you read it it is wordy i'll let you see if you like it and if you enjoy it let me know i'll I'll pick up i'm gonna probably pick up i actually have it all on my pull list so i'm gonna pick up the the remaining of it but i just you know i just think it was a it was interesting cool definitely not what i expected because i expected it i didn't i don't know what to expect actually so i guess it was what i expected detective noir (laughs) just (laughs) not with the detectives i thought it was gonna be
0: yeah really quick before you get into your last ones uh, another one I picked up, I didn't get to read yet, but I was curious if you heard anything about it. Just because I'm a, a Deadpool guy, I picked up this Uncanny Avengers. No, I did not. But, oh, wait, no, did I? Uncanny Avengers? Yes. I'm kind of stoked to check it out because I love the Captain America Deadpool stuff. Oh, I did. I read that one. Did you? I
1: read it last week. Uh, By oh, Dugan? You, I can't remember. The Uncanny Avengers is basically, um, it's the remaining... Avengers mixed with some mutants who are yeah. still who didn't go to Krakoa, and they're trying to fight to find other mutants on Earth. Like I said, it's part of the Fall of X thing. Yeah, so, like, yeah. if you like this, it might introduce you to some of the Fall of X stuff, um, because that's really what where it is. Yeah, I, yeah, I did read that. I, I, I don't I did, that must have come out a you few You might weeks have ago. talked about it. No, I don't know. If we did because I, I think it probably came yeah, out about I two think... three weeks ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out read it you'll like it and if you like it it's it's a a, it's a a little foray into what the fall of x is is about and you might not want to get into all the fall of x but it might get you to want to like pick up another book as part of the arc if you like certain things about it i could definitely recommend what i would think is the best based on what you have as a personal preference for it
0: oh cool yeah
1: Another just last two things I got here for us. I've got Invincible Iron Man number 10 and Miss Marvel, the New Mutant number two. Now, I read this out of order, so it's my own fault. <laughs> but Miss Marvel, the New Mutant 2 was really good. Amon as writing this with uh, the her whole team of I don't even I, I, I know all the team, but I know that she's part writing this. Um, She's in college. She's trying to uh, avoid being detected as a mutant. I mentioned it last month. And she now is like trying to help people though at the school. And there's a whole big um, uh, anti-Miss Marvel rally because she did save some people, but people are like mutants and powers and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And uh, uh, Tony Stark comes to save her in this like crazy stealth suit. And I'm like, where did that come from? And then all of a sudden... He's like, come back to my house. I have to explain something to you. So he brings it back to the mansion and he's like, honey, I'm home. And then there's the White Queen. And she's like, the White Queen has been hiding Miss Marvel. She's been able to put something into people's heads that know that Miss Marvel is not a mutant because nobody knows she's a mutant. Because, again, at the Hellfire Gala is where it was announced, but it never got registered. So nobody really knows. It's like a latent mutant gene that only the the Krakoa knew. Uh, With that said... I didn't read Invincible Iron Man 10. Invincible Iron Man 10 is where they get married. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I can't believe this. You know, it's like I like, you know, I, I, I had a back read. And Invincible Iron Man number 10, I'm going to say I loved it. I almost want to go back and read Iron Man. Like, I, I was never a big Iron Man fan growing up, but I read it and I read it in Robert Downey Jr.'s voice. Of course. And it was it was so good. And the rapport between the two of them, because the White Queen is basically she has to um, pretend put on like a body, uh, like a body cloaking thing, like where she's able to use her manipulative powers of her mind to convince people that she's his secretary. And she wears this ring, this inhibitor ring that he created that allows them to not realize she's a mutant. He's pissed that they took all his Stark tech to create these Omega Sentinels, and he's trying to figure out a way to stop them. And between him and her, they're actually working together to really try to stop Orcus and stop this mutant massacre thing that's going on. Uh, but I thought both books are cool. I would recommend both if people want a starting on point for Iron Man. If you know Iron Man at all, you could just start reading from there. It seemed like it was pretty self-explanatory. And the new Miss Marvel series, I think, is fun. Uh, if you're listening to this and you hear any of the backstory that I'm telling you, then you probably already know uh, something. So you're going in with a little bit of knowledge. Right on, dude. Thank yeah, you. Dude. I think that's about it. I think that's about all I got. Well, I got to a lot of other things, but I think that we're uh, we're we're going to cut the short so that we're not uh, keeping people on time here. Two hours. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we don't want one of those episodes. Not like yeah. the original comic book. Later hey, episodes. how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Uh, you guys were talking about that on the last, yeah. on your last yeah. podcast. Yes. Uh, if you, if you check out their podcast on the, uh, uh, listen oh. to it, they were talking about how they spent like two and a half hours talking about, uh, what was that book you guys read that you Mac- went page by page? Mac-tera. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing when we started. No, I you know we're, we're five, uh, five uh, episodes in now. So I think that, uh, we're, we'll, we'll get the hang of this as we go along. And, uh, yeah. hopefully people uh, want to keep listening.
0: Well, it's doing good so far, man. How can people keep up with you, everything you're doing, posting, all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, if anyone wants to follow me, I'm on uh, Instagram at Red Optical Corp. Um, you can follow me there. Um, I don't really go to any other social media for most of those kinds of things. I I am on TikTok and I am on X and I have them on Facebook, but I, most of that stuff is just for uh, me, just, you know, futzing around. Uh, But if you want to find me on on Instagram, Red Optical Corp, Um, I like to talk comics. I like to post things. I post comics. I post uh, videos of box openings and comics I get and toys I purchase. And sometimes it's just me rambling like I am now. And uh, I appreciate anybody who wants to follow like and uh, just, you know, look for me out there. Heck yeah, buddy. Yeah, dude. Well, um everybody else you want to go follow the comic glare too if you are and then follow him now and Thank if you, you uh, want to pick up any cool comics you can go to coffee in a comic put in the comic book layer all caps code and you'll save yourself 15 percent or more uh, maybe more i don't know
0: Fifteen percent.
1: You'll say fifteen percent. Okay, okay. Don't put it in a target. I don't think it saves you anything as a coupon code. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a good guy, and he sends some good stuff. And uh, if you're a local to me in Saville, New York, check out Android's Amazing Comics down here. They're really cool and nice people to talk to, and they really help you understand your Marvel stuff when you really don't know what's going on.
0: And they've got some good podcasts too. Yeah, no, I love I love their
1: stuff. Their podcast, Android's Amazing Podcast, and their spinoff podcasts are a lot of fun yeah. to listen to as well. But anyway, I won't keep you people. Um, I guess just uh, keep reading comics.
0: Cowabunga nerds. Like the sound of the Comic Book Layer podcast? Our audio production is provided by Rosecat Audio. Check out Rosecat Audio at rosecataudio.com. R-O-S-E-K-A-T-Audio.com.